Hello and welcome to Business Line Podcasts. I am Chitra Narayanan, hosting the ninth episode of On the Business Pitch at IPL. In this episode, we look at the auction dynamics of the tournament. It's rather interesting that the 2020 Nobel Prize in Economics has just been awarded to two Americans for their work in analyzing auctions and making them more efficient. Some of the bids at the IPL auctions and the values attached to certain players do seem a bit baffling. Joining me today to shed some light on how the IPL auctions work is veteran sports writer G Raja Raman. Hi Raja, welcome to Business Line podcast. Thank you very much Chitra for having me on this. You run a very interesting series around IPL and I'm glad I can be featured on it as well. Thank you Raja. I think you are the best informed person on cricket. This episode we are focusing on auction dynamics. So without much ado, I mean if you can tell me what are the strategies behind the auction or the bids? Thank you very much Chitra for your kind words. The auction is something that most cricket pundits have not been able to figure out as smartly as they figure out the game itself because the auction is a different animal altogether. Every team wants the best player in its rank. Every team wants to have a balanced combination and it targets a set of players. Unfortunately, other teams are also interested in similar players or the same players and therefore a price of a player goes up and sometimes because you have a cap on the salary limit you cannot get the player you want and then you end up buying another player for a slightly higher price than you thought you would want him to so it is very different animal not very easy for the lay cricket person to understand why for instance a varun chakravarti would go at 8 and a half crores virtually last year or why a jaydev unadkar would fetch 8.4 crores last year and then be sent back into the auction pool to be picked up by the same team again for 3 crores these are dynamics that most people don't understand but it is driven essentially by team balance and by the money left in the kit okay so when a particular franchise comes out to bid do they have a list in hand saying that this is my team composition and i'll bid accordingly and is their wish list matched I spent a couple of years as media manager with the Delhi Daredevils. Now, of course, it is called the Delhi Capitals, and I picked the brains of Ashish Kapoor, who used to be manager of the Delhi Daredevils team, and he was a very integral part of the auction strategy as far as Delhi Daredevils were concerned. And my education comes essentially from Ashish Kapoor. His information is that teams do spend time strategizing on the kind of squad that they want to have based on the pitches that they will play their cricket on. For example, if it is at the Feroshakotla in Delhi, where the bounce is not high, they might want to go for spinners of top quality like Amit Mishra, for example. So teams are decided basis where they're going to play a bulk of their game, and then they decide which players fit the bill for them. and in the auction the prices are sometimes skyrocket beyond the control of franchises and that is when the economics kicks in and teams decide to back off teams always have strategy going into an auction because they want to compose the team in a particular manner based on the inputs from the captain and from the coach and then the think tank goes ahead and pursues those players in the auction but almost invariably you will never get the player that you want in the auction So auctions also have something called the winner's curse wherein you bid the highest you get the player you want and then ultimately the player does not perform to the prize you may have put to him and that turns out to be the winner's curse how do franchises deal We've with it We've seen it before 
We've seen it before, Chitra. We've seen it with Yuvraj Singh when he was given 16 crores by the Delhi Daredevils back in 2015. We saw it in the last edition as well when Jaydev Bunatkar and Varun Chakravarti both picked up 8.4 crore rupees paycheck but did not perform. Varun Chakravarti, of course, was injured and Unatkar was not able to perform at the highest level. So you would see people being bid for enormous amounts of money and then come under pressure and not deliver on the cricket field themselves. Do teams bid for certain players thinking that just to keep them out of other teams, you know, your rival teams, is there a negative element to the strategy of auctions also? If you have got a balanced squad, sometimes you might want to do that as well. But basically, you are developing a bench strength. Let us say Nathan Kultanai, for example. He is in the Mumbai Indian squad at this point of time, hasn't played a single game. He's among those who picked up a 8 crore tap this year, but he hasn't played a single game. He might have featured for some other franchise, but Mumbai Indians has kept him on the bench because their bowling attack is doing a good job. And he is more or less like a backup fast bowler at this point of time for someone like Trent Bolt. And you might get to see him play a few games in the end. Maybe they keep him fresh for the second half of the tournament and the playoffs. But it is more than likely that he will pick up eight crores and not even get to see eight matches. Is there a ego element to some of the bids? Because certain franchise promoter may want certain player and want him in his franchise. As a student of the game, Chitra, I don't think there is room for ego, especially with the franchise owner. There might be the odd occasion where a franchise wants an Indian face for its commercials that go out in the market during the season. So they will want a big Indian face. And that is probably one reason why the marketing teams will push for a particular player to be included in the squad. And maybe you get to see, maybe you get to see a player who gets enormous amounts of money for this reason alone. But I don't see egos come into play. Franchise owners typically leave the task to the coaches and to the captains to decide on what kind of combination they want to field in a particular year. And are there any innovations coming in? Yes, mid-season transfer window has opened as of last night because all teams have played seven games each. It is an interesting concept. It is practiced in European football, which is a nine-month season for them. But in a six-week tournament, to have a mid-season transfer window open is interesting, will be an innovation. But I wonder how many players will be transferred because the rules say that only a player who has played two games or fewer can be transferred in the middle of the season. And there are very few quality players. Chris Dale is a name that comes to mind. Ajinkya Rahane is a Another one, with Chennai Super Kings not doing too well on the batting front, both these players can be sought after by Chennai Super Kings, for example. But I don't see that happening just now. Well, let's keep an eye open for when the actual transfers happen. Great talking to you, Raja, and very insightful as always. Thank you so much, Chitra. Like I said, I enjoyed this conversation. You have interesting questions, and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Thank and you, bye, bye. Thank you very much. 